Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 277 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, Commander Phoenix of Fire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have um, our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Aidley Vice, that's Ben Moss Woodward. I can't think of anything funny to say tonight. You usually give me a couple of seconds, you bastard. Ah, oh, well, he's sort of, now that Captain I, I Jack's back, you can't now. do any more innuendos. That's the thing. Captain Jack? Hang on, what? Oh, spoilers. 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 Never mind. Move on. Um, we also have our chief bar steward, Commander Psycho I need Cal. to watch Doctor Who now. Right, I'm leaving. See ya. Bye. I won't have to. Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. All you got to know is that he's, he's back. That's it. It's going to be awesome. Well, yay, finally. <laughs> Something that means it's going to be very difficult for Doctor Who makers to keep it very PG. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got our Lavian Space Program Director, Andy Barnes, otherwise Commander Kogel. Hey, good evening. Good evening. We have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverain. What up? And, of course, our uh, legendary uh, Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Hello. Right, well, um, guys, what are we doing uh, in-game at the moment? I'm delivering mugs. You're delivering mugs. Um, I've been curing mods in the old world. I'm delivering mugs. In the old world, rather. I'm glad that we've got... Stapled peacock Glad we've flesh. Got... P- pardon? <laughs> I did stapled Sta- peacock flesh, there, flesh. You know that wonderful system that has a star called stapled peacock flesh. Really, I, really, I thought that was your new hobby. <laughs> no, no, I don't go around stapling peacocks. That's 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 a weird to thing. your flesh to to anyone's flesh. <laughs> that's definitely something. That, no, I'm definitely not doing that. Um, okay. But yes, I was. I've been. I've been flying around as as a Benis as well, being part of the Operation Hot Mess for the Hunting Truckers. Most excellent, um, Command Kurgle. Are you flying about in game at the moment? I am flying about in game. I'm at Mean though. I'm visiting an engineer. So ah, uh, so they I, are. I have got a mug with me though. I'll I'll deliver the mug. Mean. <laughs> So, yes, um, if you can, you can, you can join us in-game. Um, uh, is anybody going to take advantage of the Void Opal uh, bounty on Ben this week? We do wait with bated breath. Although, admittedly, you might not get as much for your Void Opals as uh, you used to. Yeah, the value of Void Opals is plummeting faster than the pound will be on Saturday. <laughs> oh, right. Topical as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll be whammy. in solo anyway soon enough. Ah. Maybe. I might do. No. I don't want to lose this cargo ah. of precious mugs. Too many precious, precious mugs. Because you don't want to have to go back to Hutton. Precisely. I'll Kill him, everyone. Kill him. Yeah. Although I might have to refill Cubicle 3 again, so that's a, that's a benefit. Cubicle 3. That is the TURDIS, isn't it? That is the TURDIS. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, if you can't get to us in-game, you can join us at the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, and clicking on live chat, uh, and also at twitch.tv slash 
Live Radio. So we will go around the group, see what you've been up to since the last time you were on, and uh, uh, we'll we will start with um, Commander Kurgle because it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been a while. Um, I mean, I've mostly been trying to get my little Viper <laughs> engineered up and just doing a lot of bounty hunting because I want to get my third tank. So that's and that's what I'm doing now is getting engineering for. If I don't crash into it. Cool. Uh, Commander Souverine, how have you been? Uh, great, thanks. Um, I, what have I been doing? Um, I went to... Uh, I was supposed to um, interview Alan at uh, the British Sci- um, Science Fiction Association dinner on... Well, not dinner, sorry, uh, like evening meetup on Wednesday last week and, um, and then realised about... 24 hours beforehand that I'd actually, um, I'd actually double booked myself and a, um, and a play that was in the Suvet's diary was actually, um, for me as well. Um, so I had to let Alan down and go to, uh, go to the theater instead to watch a play called, um, Dear Evan Hansen, which was a, um, a fairly lighthearted, it's a, a bit like 13 reasons why on Netflix, a sort of high school kind of meditation on depression and, and all a bit earnest um and it was okay and um but i felt a bit bad for letting alan down um and then on saturday it was my birthday and i oh. yeah we had um we had a few vouchers to go to uh one of the gordon ramsay restaurants in town um, right. so we went to uh we went there which was uh which was lovely it's not the kind of thing that i'd ever spend money on i find sort of really posh restaurants both quite irritating and laughably poor value um and uh you know the kind of thing where they put napkins on your knee and stuff like that i hate all that um but um but the food was staggeringly good and uh and it was quite fun um and uh so that was something a bit different so it's been quite a been quite a good week really i was being sworn out sworn out in the gordon ramsay restaurant is that optional or do you <laughs> <laughs> he, he wasn't there i, I doubt he's i doubt he's actually been in the kitchen of any of his restaurants for years but um it's uh so no it, we, we were very far from being sworn at it would have been amusing um and in, incongruous it was it was one of those restaurants where the interior is just a study in beige and mm-hmm. it's lots and lots of like 20 waiters in waistcoats and little ties and things shuffling about and and br- brushing imaginary crumbs off everybody's tables and things like that like just just ridiculously Fussy. So when you say Lesson in Bay, I'm sort of getting an image of the 1970s here. Was it like that decor or? No, no, that's interesting. Like it, it looked like you were sitting inside a cappuccino. Like every single surface was beige in different shades. It was, it was so fussy that they had little, like they had little tiny um, upholstered um, uh, like stools next to the tables. And I was like, what's that? And the sous said, that's for my handbag to sit on. I was like, "You are joking. That's like a child seat or something." And she's like, "No, no, no. That that's that's for my handbag." I looked around, and every table had one of these little stools with someone's handbag on it. Like it was just just insane. Like you couldn't you couldn't work somewhere like that and take the big issues of facing the world seriously because you'd just be like, "I am completely part of the problem. Like this is terrible." <laughs> it's just oh, as a so restaurant for the one percent, then was it? Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so laughably wasteful and stupid. Like the kind of place where the portions are the portions were tiny like smaller than a side order in weatherspoons for example and they come on plates that are about an acre wide 
<laughs> well, at least they're not coming on chopping boards with a with a, uh, a tin full of chips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that it really irritates me when they have the they come on chopping boards with. Oh, yeah. What's the point? The worst is when they come on chopping boards and it's something like a steak with gravy and it just drips all over you in the table and you're like, <laughs> this is this is why plates are a thing. <laughs> Can we repeat that? What Psychocast just said or no? It's up to Psycho Cow if he wants to. No, 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 nothing, nothing at all. Nothing Nothing, to see here. Good, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 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 we're not going to let him off that. Um, Grant, how's the bathroom and how's yourself? (laughs) I am doing okay. Um, Moof has just gone through uh, another run of um, medical examinations and. And and runs, you mean literally? Well, you see, this is the thing. Now, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the condition ulcerative colitis, um, but essentially the internal parts of your intestines become ulcerated. And like every ulcer, you know, you get a teeny wee ulcer at the back of your throat and it's sore. And it can be debilitating, <laughs> you know? You can have proper woe-is-me woe moments where you're just in tears. Uh, now, imagine that in a pipe that you poop out. And... Um, yeah, it suddenly becomes not so funny. Um, so he's now gone from where beforehand it was uh, moderate ulceration to severe uh, is where he is now. So um, he is in, uh, I was going to say diarrhea, but I wasn't in dire straits, but either or still the same. Um, yeah, oh essentially he's in agony. He's in, he's in agony all the time at the moment and... It's not been great for a while, so the progress in the bathroom has stalled completely. However, what we have uh, been doing is putting our attentions in the last few days. In fact, well, it's been a week. It's been over a week. We've been working on ECM and getting the venue agreed and dotting the I's, crossing the T's. We're just currently working on a data policy. As we realise that GDRP is, it's not a nightmare. It just yep. feels like a nightmare. It just it forces you to take things very seriously and consider whenever you've got details that someone's given you, what's okay to do with that and what's reasonable and what have you said. And if you haven't said, then you can't use it for the blah, blah, blah. So we've been trying to hammer it out to make sure that we're all above board. Um, we've already been set up for uh, anon- anonymity. No, anonymity. Uh, that's the better way of saying it, because that's the right way. And um, so people that don't want to have their details on the tickets, so when they hand it over at the desk, they're not having their name on display just because, you know, everyone's got a right to their privacy. So if you select the options, or even if you find yourself since then and you hear me on it just now, you think, actually, I might prefer that myself. Um, you know, you scan your barcode, your pass will print off. If you've told them not to use your real details, your real name, then you will get your commander name on your pass and that's it. So it just allows people to, to go by what they're comfortable. I think it's, you know, I, I really love... Um, can I get a, mis- a badge saying none of your fucking business? Well, you could do, but it's not awfully helpful for people, you know. What what, what you want is, if you were a, a passerby or a bystander listening into a conversation of someone at a bar who shouts around and goes, Hey, nay nipples, what was that you were having? All right, going to go and ask Cockface, a, a commander spooned up the bum. 
Yeah, him too. Uh, what about um, Jemima? Jemima boobs being here. No, I don't know where I'm going with that. But you know what I mean? You're having a listen to, to commanders calling each other from by their commander names can be the most surreal thing you can ever hear as a sort of non-involvement of that community. It must be the most bizarre thing. Yeah, you, you don't really want Commander Mike Litterus to really be shouted across the um, uh, the, the entrance hall. For your commander, folk. We had to folk go there, my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, at a World of Warcraft, con- uh, not convention, at a World of Warcraft guild meetup, though, I had people shouting aids across the bar and things like that to me. Well, see, I, I, I've, I've been involved in online communities for a long time, so it's been quite commonplace for me to be in a pub where someone shouts, Cow! What are you having? <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's... I guess... Half the women in the bar turn around. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's... Uh, what are you implying about the standard of... of uh... No, Sorry, I'm all the women in the bar turn round. <laughs> yeah, now you're bringing the wrath at you there. Um, but, you know, it was... It, when you're working for the likes of ECM, where we are uh, actively... The concept for ECM is meant to be this uh, meet down the pub with your pals to have a couple of pints and, you know, play some games. And we create that into a day event so that people can do exactly that. And not putting mm. on the content and having a stage running 24-7 or not having a pile of things that people necessarily need the time to go around and do. But what then happens is we open up, because we've got space, you know, if you've got some, a setup you want to bring along and show off what you've got. Um, to other people, show your setup, bring your rig along, play some games that way. Um, we welcome that. So we've got that. We've got a huge retro build-up going on this year of retro machines that is unprecedented. Um, the, the amount of people that are, are excited to bring some kit to share, which is brilliant. I mean, I remember going back to Glasgow. Um, our very own Ventura gave me a, a ring up the night before and said, I can bring some machines um, that could run elite, and I think you know, with a wing and a prayer, not elite dangerous because it wasn't out then. Uh, but elite, um, the original on these old PCs was great, and we could run. What was it? We had uh, the keep talking, no one explodes game up at the back, running uh, in not VR, but on one of these machines. So we just had so many little things that people could sit around. And over the last couple of years, it's got bigger and bigger. So we've got VR marquees. Uh, we've got um, big projectors with was it gang beasts and people just absolutely drunk you know not drunk but you know drinking enjoying themselves and having a right battle with their pals throwing them off roofs and stuff like that then you have a Mario Kart station so you have all this kind of stuff that you can play with people if you want or you can go and grab that board game that you've had for six years and no sod member of your family will play with you because it's ooh, it's got role play or it's got dice and thing we don't play stuff with dice and you can bring that along and find yourself a table and actually find people that would be interested in having a go so it's um it's that i kind of that's what we aim for with ecm and i think ben uh we've go back to the original one um where Fozza did the Movember video and did a conclave in the next room and and you see where it's come to now and the amount of money it can raise for charities. It's just an absolute delight and honour to be 
able to to organise these things and ticket sales for this year have been spectacular. Um, we've just added more tickets to the site. Tomorrow I'm speaking to them just to double check fire safety numbers and um, we might add some more tickets to it. But yeah, it's, it's shaping up to be uh, uh, probably not quite as popular as the Level Up board by Spider-Mind. But getting there. Yes, and... So, um... Yes. So that's it. So, that's you, I mean, that's been that's been really keeping Muff and I because we recoded the the ticket systems and all kinds of stuff. So then update the graphics, then you update that page, and you find there's another page that's been in that's referenced somewhere. You got to go and fix that page, and you go around in this endless circle of absolute textual hell. And then you hit <laughs> you know go on the tickets, and then you sell a hundred in less than twenty four hours, and you think bloody hell we're doing something right and here is touchwood hopefully long may we continue to do so and if you've got your tickets for lavecon that's a two-day event it's a totally different feel although yes it is it's a different kind of event and then of course you've got the fantasticon which again is another different flavor and that's why it's nice to be able to sort of look for the one and the other thing that's key about ECM is we like to move it around and I know you know that instantaneous thing you see someone that says oh why is there never one on my doorstep and your automatic response when you've organised one of these things is to think fucking organise one yourself then you lazy bastard get off your arse come on chop chop go find yourself a hall start with what we recommend which would be an elite meet which is where you just basically hire a pizza hut one night and say who fancies coming <laughs> along and at that point you start with your small group of people but then you know who's interested if no one turns up then there's absolutely no point in putting an event on on your doorstep however if you have one of those amazing venues near you and it can take between sort of 200 to 300 people and it's reasonably priced and it's got internet access, then let us know, ECM, so that we can you know, have a look at that for next year. Next year, I think, is due to be north, so Thurso for the win. Ben, do you want to jump uh, in there? Obviously, I feel I should go off and say LaveCon is my favourite, but honestly, ECM's my favourite, and I'm... Cause ECM, I actually get to sit down and have fun with my mates. Well, you see, this and is have a drink at the bar and things like that. Lavecon is my favourite too. It's my, uh, is you no, know, I, no, I, got... I, no, ECM is my favourite. Lavecon is not my favourite. <sighs> I prefer ECM because I prefer sitting down in a corner with my mates. Yeah, but we're, so it's different when you saying that. It doesn't. It's different if you're not on the organisation, you know. So I mean, if you were coming mm. along to LaveCon, you'd probably I don't know. It's got different content. It's it is like comparing oranges and apples, but it's just it is. It's but... the same awesome people. It's just a different yeah. way of of interacting. Ben, the difference is at LaveCon we have to work, and at ECM we don't. Yeah. <laughs> but even even then, I I just feel. I'm more into having a blether with my mates than a lot of the other content, and that's that's just me. You know, I, that's what I like doing. Um. Well, um, unfortunately for me, um, ECM this year falls on my mother's birthday, so uh, I don't think I, I, I can bring a 75-year-old Scottish um, 
Mrs. Doubtfire alike down to ECM, uh, as much as she might be interested in playing with elite miniatures. <laughs> so um, I'm going to have to skip this year, unfortunately. I'm also going to have to skip because well, I either have to skip or I have to try and convince my kids that they want to come to Insomnia, sorry, come to ECM and not Insomnia. Um, which I might be able to do, to be perfectly honest. Um, I just need to work on them a little bit. Uh, but then, as Grant also said, ECM is not really a kid. It's not massively kid-friendly, is it? Oh, I don't know. Gregory was here last year. He spent a lot yeah. of time a lot of time going around all the, all the different stalls and stuff while yeah. I was stood there. With the, it's an awful lot. Be... It's, it's, yeah, the, the, the kid-friendly aspects were very clear on it. If you are comfortable with um, your kid... My kids are from Rotherham. They're used to fucking swearing. Well, it's not so much swearing, is it? I mean, you've got Flossie, and if anyone's ever played J- Joking Hazard <laughs> with Flossie, you know that there's no holds barred, and what she puts <sighs> down on that table can frankly shock... Well, crikey, a, an exorcist uh, would probably, his head would spin round at some of the cards that she plays. But it's one of those things where there's no content. So if your child is, um, <sighs> I was going to say something, but I mean, I think, frankly what you mean is... Uh, is a white of sensitive nature. Yeah, I mean, it My eldest boring would love fun. choking handsome and things like that. Well, some My kids, some kids, youngest, and some parents are fine. Yeah. You know, you walk past the table of people playing a, you know, for you know, for example, the uh, the name or you play um, Cards Against Humanity, and that's always going to be a lot of <laughs> hilarity and a lot of laughter there and people groaning. But actually, if a kid was to read the content on the tables, it could be actually, you know, it could be really a, an unfortunate uh, conversation to have. So we you make- heard that? A, did you hear about Charlie playing Cards Against Humanity and loving it at LaveCon? No. Oh God, Charlie! No. Yes, Charlie. <laughs> it's a little Miss Popcorn. I mean, I suppose you know it's one of those things where what you want is it's a community event and it's a very sort of um, closed tight community. We don't open it to the public because it's not of public interest, if that makes any sense at all. Who would want to come into that kind of environment? It really is the key thing is the meet up part. So if you have mm-hmm. to bring your kids to in order to come along then you know that's that's fair enough but you accept the fact that you know you could sit down at a table having a a, a drink playing the brand new hello kitty goes to the city board game and at the <laughs> table next over to you some guy 3d printing a gigantic phallus whilst someone yes. else is shouting fuck him fuck him fuck him on their uh, vr setup while swinging their arms around wildly like a loony um, and if you're yeah, okay I'll skip with... right at it again, is it? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's one of those things. If you put someone into VR, they forget there's a room of people sort of civilised oh, yes. standing yeah. around them with their teacups sitting going, hmm, Obadiah, how was the uh, stroll around the garden? Oh, I nearly fell in the mood. <laughs> Meanwhile, someone's going, fucking take that, you piece of shit robot! Motherfucker, feel my fists! <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> It's it's I don't know, but I'll hopefully swear you tonight. I must go and take a chill pill. But it's <laughs> if you're okay with the, that that potential that with your if your kid is of a mature nature and they're able able to sort of you know as, as long as also yes. you're with them throughout the event and you don't leave them to their own devices where they might end up under mischief. That's another thing as well. Uh, we yeah. don't want to have. Are there any other things in the nearby vicinity? Kirkle went pop. Um, Cambridge. 
No, the, I mean, let's be honest. As far as we're concerned, there is nothing funnier than a lot of overweight engineers jumping around in with VR headsets on. Because there's no dignity if you're in VR. Oh, God, no. It's one of the funniest things I've ever, <laughs> I've ever seen. It's one of my, <laughs> or, one of my favorite things. Um, was it things? Robot Recall, where you yes. have to seriously <laughs> do a lot of jumping around? I, I, mean, I, I had I, the most unpleasant <laughs> experience in Robo Recall when I couldn't, my gun ran out of ammo, and I went, How do I reload? How do I reload? And someone, this voice from nearby, went, Why don't you try bending over and picking a gun up, you fat bastard? And I. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Commander Ventura by any chance? No, no, no. He was he wasn't there for that one, but that that wouldn't that made Did me it work? laugh. Yes, all my guns okay. were on my legs, and I didn't realise that because I'm like going, how do I, how do I reload this? And then yeah, it was a case of reach down and bend over, and you pick up the new ones, and then <laughs> you continue to fire. But VR also has one of the most amazing things when people go into Elite for the first time in VR, mm. and that is. Uh, a prize to be able to bring that to anyone is an absolute True. joy and privilege to be there for their first outing in a ship or I just don't let them suppose, walk. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I know uh, a couple of years ago at Bristol, was it Bristol? Um, somebody had the, not just the VR rig, but the whole, oh, yeah. the rig that moves you about. Commander, oh, Craigie, what's his name? He's back this year. We're, we've, he's promised is he's he? going to oh bring it along this year. So, um, New oh, and improved, is it? Uh, what's his name? Oh, my God. It was on. We do know who it is, and and, and, and I believe that they are um, hoping to be able to do that this year again. So That would be amazing, because that was... I didn't get a chance to go on it, but it looks awesome. Ah, yeah, I, I know. That's the kind of thing that I look at and think, you know what... It might be nice if we can take it home still working. I'll maybe give it a miss. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sitting on, sitting on it going, kind of why is it not moving? Because you broke it, yeah, for that bastard. <laughs> Susie might have some words if you took it home, as well, I suspect. But yeah, yeah that's sort of be cool stuff. Anyway, I, I don't, well, don't think we need to talk about ECM. EliteCommunityMeet.info if you want to get tickets. They're on sale now. And then we don't have to do it at the end of the show now. We've covered it. Thank you. No, I, th- I, th- I think I think we've we've covered it now. But meanwhile, Shan, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> Halfway through the show, um, okay. <laughs> I know you can tell it's a slow news day, can't you? Um, yeah. What are we doing? Not much in game, really. Um, right back to uh, Cycle Cow and ECM. And um, no, well, I was. I know Subaru would be keen to know what the channelings have been up to. Um, yes. The, the the mini Chandling um, had a bit of a accident on, on his horse today. He's perfectly okay, but uh, he was out with his normal riding round um, Hyde Park when his horse got startled, galloped, and uh, basically was galloping at all four hooves off the ground and uh, threw him some 50... Isn't galloping with four hooves off the ground called flying? Well, yes, I suppose so, but it's not like Pegasus <laughs> flying around. It's just kind of very briefly, yeah. But no, they 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 threw him at fifteen feet. Oh God, was he um was he okay? He's a little bit sore, but he was back in the blacksmith's forge this evening, so you know. Bloody hell! Poor chap. Oh well, I'm I'm glad that uh, nothing worse happened because I've 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 seen some uh, horse 
accidents, if you see what mm. I mean. And yeah. the riders don't normally tend to end up very well. Is the horse okay? <laughs> yeah, the horse is fine. As I say, it just, just sometimes they get startled that, you know, it's scary things like birds and oh, the, ho- well, the horse is running along and suddenly sees Grant running through the through Hyde Park with no clothes on. I think I would kill the horse actually, but rather than startle it. But, you know. Okay. Yeah. So in game, you were saying. As I, before I um yeah in game um I've been slowly moving all my ships back to base because after all the various interstellar initiatives and whatnot um they've been scattered all over the place so I'm kind of doing a bit of tidying up. Fair housekeeping. Enough. It's easy to spend several hours housekeeping in Elite Dangerous. I've noticed. Yeah, that's that's one thing I've I've been discovering, but I'll I'll, I'll get to that. Ben, have we have we talked to you about what you've been up to? I've been up to bugger all, talk about ECM. <laughs> it's, more, it's more exciting. I think literally what I've been... I've, yeah, it's literally pretty much just been bugger all the past week. Uh, oh, I do have a little bit of updated information on Game Glass. Oh, okay. Um, so I think at the end of last week's show, they did mention that Game Glass can run on Shadow, kind of, sort of. Um, so as just people as listeners may know, Grant and I have Shadow. And game I've basically I've managed to get Game Glass so I can use it as an input device in Elite Dangerous. That all works fine. What I can't do is work a secure and timely route to get my log files back onto my PC so that the local so that my local PCs Game Glass server can read them and then pass that information over to my tablet. So it doesn't fully work. It's, it's kind of there, but it's not fully there. And cool. I've spoken to some of the Game Glass guys, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not quite sure about that." And it's not an officially supported feature. <laughs> I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Um, I do apologise for laughing inappropriately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because what I'm doing is I am watching our uh, friends of the show, Spider Mine Games, have got a Kickstarter uh, on running at the moment uh, for their portable tabletop extension called Level Up. And at this moment, almost four hours after uh, it's it launched, it is now pushing £112,000. <laughs> against a target of 7,000. Uh, 7,660, yeah. Congratulations. It's, <laughs> they're probably at home uncorking the champagne even as we speak. Well, they're probably at home going, oh my f- yeah. I think if I was to have something like that, which is physical product, I'd be at home going, oh my fucking God, how the hell are we going to ship this? <laughs> yeah, fair. Oh, you negative ninny. Uh, oh, it's a good no. It's a good thing, but I've also heard of cases where a project has been majorly more popular than they expected. Well, and then they they have problems delivering sometimes. I think if you, I don't think Spider Man will have that. Yeah, it, it's a hundred thousand pounds, hundred twelve thousand pounds divided by forty. 
because that's the yeah. price per unit. So that's quite a lot of tables that they've got to, they've got to supply. It's interesting, though, because this is there. They've got 24 hours. If you're in in the first 24 hours, you get them at a reduced price as a 50% off option. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. another 40% off option that are currently there. So if you want to get it at a bargain price, now is the time, which I think is it's wonderful to see. And that could... Um, and we know the Spider-Man guys, John and Oliver, are, are not your typical kickstarter they price things up properly uh they were the bold yes, they do. and frightening when they did their um edrpg to be asking for forty five thousand was probably the biggest kind of community made kickstarter value that we'd seen and you know they've delivered and okay they've had lots of problems in the past of other projects so i'm I'm delighted to see this one going so well. But you are right. Mm. There is always a danger. If your opening salvo is a bargain price uh, unit and you sell 2,614 when you're expecting to sell five to 600, it can have a knock-on in costs. But, again, I am fairly certain that when you raise that amount of money, your unit cost can be managed uh, down and um, your profits and your ability to meet your demands are going to be fantastic. And it's such a... Uh, you know what? I think we're going to have idea. to get them on the show. Yeah, we'll have a chat yeah. with them and see how it goes once they've once I think we finished. Need to. 29 days. Yeah. I'll get it on now as well. Uh, it ends at the... It ends on February the 27th. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it looks perfect for the kind of miniatures game that I've got. So you can just put the, the ships on top and th- uh, it means that, you know, a smaller table. You, you're not basically there with your game, your character cards under, you know, on your on your lap near enough. It's, it, it's... it looks ideal for maybe playing a game of zombie side and not spilling your beer all over the map. <laughs> yeah. It's also got little clips if you've got a sort of floppy... Uh... <laughs> If you've got a flimsy playing map or board or something, it come, you can get clip options for it, um, a bag to put them all, and in a second space to expand, uh, two tiles to expand it lengthwise. I don't know if there's anything for expanding it widthwise, which I think would suit Zombicide, but I suppose mm. you can always turn your Zombicide board when you think about it. <laughs> I, I wonder if it could be expanded in any direction. Anything if else. Sorry. Oh jeez! I'm just wondering, could it be? You know, it's all clips. So yeah, it could. It could you not just could. like have the clips so you have three wide? Flat edges, green. Flat edges. Yes, but you, I you've think got there the, are expansions that have uh, jigsaw edges. Yeah, there is. So if you, you could minute. maybe turn it into a nine by nine. On the site, there isn't those at the minute. They have got the lengthwise expansions with a flat edge. Uh, but yes, all mm. it would need would be a central tile, and then you could basically make it any size you want. Yeah, I don't think it's suitable for serving Christmas dinner on, but I'll let you know. <laughs> you gotta give that a try. Actually, I wonder how strong. It, I mean, would it be? Would you be able to shove a turkey on it? Well, I've seen I've seen a video, and we did ask if the when the, when they did the pre sort of marketing of it, there was a video uh, picture showing a cat sitting on the edge of it because obviously cats are. Not compatible (laughs) with board gaming at all, you know. Unless you like to have all of your pieces currently on the floor, um, then you know maybe it'd have to be about six, seven times higher in order to keep your cats off it. But anyway, the point was the cat was sitting on the edge and it didn't tip, so 
that's a, a good sign that the sort of um, table weight is right and it's nice and balanced that if a cat can sit in a corner it doesn't send the whole board flying. So I'm sure we'll all find new ways of of causing havoc with it, but at the oh, moment yeah. it is... Stephen Usher's asking yeah. if, there's a, if you've heard anything about battle cards, by the way. Battle cards was in production. Mm, nothing about battle cards yet. Yeah, it was in production, and and I'm I'm pretty sure it will be imminent. I imagine. Let's have a look. Twenty nine days to go. I imagine you'll probably hear something within the next twenty nine days. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. We'll find out. Tell you what. We'll, we'll we'll try and get John and Oliver on. That's the best thing to do, and we will be it able to put is. questions like that, Stephen, directly to them, and they can give us an update because they'll no doubt have news to share so we will reach out to Spider-Mind John and Oliver and see if they fancy coming on, see if we can rope them into taking these new lave recruits of ours that have done bugger all in the real universe see if they can go in a little EDRPG session for once and see what they're made of rather than have them laughing at our pathetic attempts <laughs> yeah mm. <clears throat> yeah that's, what, that's one thing I've I've still got to do is actually run an EDRPG session. Um, yeah, well, back to what we're doing. That's just, I'll quickly just get things out of the way. Um, uh, I missed last week because basically the good old tax man tax review needs to be done for this week. Thankfully, that's all out the way now. So I'm still nice and legal. Uh, and um, as far as Elite is concerned, I have been trying to save the Pleiades as usual from the Thargoid Menace. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't do that well in defending Electra, uh, so I'm now down uh, defending Titan's Daughter, which, in my opinion, is the prettiest Coriolis station in the entire game. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to save that system there from uh, incursion. So, um, what we do now is we actually, as as people who are familiar with this show is concerned, um, we're quite, we, we go and check to see uh, what development news has, has happened this week. And, um, yeah. Um, we're sure there, there is some, just that we don't know it. And I'm sure in some murky corner of Frontier Towers, um, Dav has gone and had a cup of coffee and come back. We're sure some devs went to work this week. <laughs> yeah, um, unfortunately, our, our normal spy in the area hasn't been able to report back to us. We think he may have been caught and shot. So, um, apart from uh, Stephen announcing a whole load of uh, live streams, which are coming up over the next couple of weeks, um, I'm afraid there's been nothing. Uh, oh, talking about Stephen, it's definitely Stephen with a PH, not Stephen the V. So, S Stephen, we're sorry for calling you Stephen. <laughs> it um, uh, the the live streams are they themed? Is it like a new uh, series or just or just a schedule? Uh, Stephen themed, I think. Yeah, well, the the last live stream was uh, a lore stream all about Sol which uh, was quite good. Um, one thing I should mention uh, about all the, the lore that comes out is that uh, the other Elite Dangerous role-playing game, Elite Encounters, that's got a lot of this lore in it. So um, I mean, if you want to find out all this information 
for yourself, then you know it's available in there. I think that is the only official uh, source of the information or, or that lore. Well, until I don't think they've actually put it into the the codex yet. Although I could be wrong. So mm, the um, I'm trying. To f- I'm sure there that uh, Stephen was uh, had mentioned something about the uh, what was in the live streams. However, I must admit I'm having a little bit of trouble tracking that post down. So we'll move on for the moment. Um, there, there's normally some in-game events which we cover with uh, community goals or interstellar initiatives. Again, I'm afraid to say um, <laughs> yes. Uh, we will say that uh, with the resumption of the Thargoid attacks, Operation Ida has started again in earnest. Their current repair target is uh, Cheryl Orbital in the Hakai system, which is in the Witchhead Nebula. Um, it's, it's a bit of a long haul, but it, uh, from what I understand, uh, the bug which plagued the, uh, the repair efforts has been fixed. Uh <sighs> It was marked as fixed in the in the show notes, so I'm assuming that uh, it has carried on okay. Um, also, in addition to the uh, the Thargoid uh, events, the threats fab- uh, Factabulous and the AXI have reported that six systems are under threat of infestation, which is Lambas, HR 1183, Evangelis. Uh, Pleiades Sector HR-W D14. Of course, Titan's daughter, uh, Taigeta, and uh, HIP-16813. Both um, the Pleiades and uh, Titan's daughter are both refineries, so if people could defend them, they're very, very useful for actually repairing other stations. Um. But unfortunately, three systems fell to incursion. Uh, they have stations on fire, and there are mega ship uh, mega ships under attack. Um, but the Xeno combat zones—they were all cleared out by Saturday night, which was phenomenally fast. So, Pleiades Sector DL Dash Y D sixty five Electra and Wellington in the Witchhead Nebula. Um, there's. There's still plenty of scouts if you if you want to uh, to level up your uh, elite rank. Uh, so, yes. Do you think the Thargoids are starting to feel a bit like red shirts from Star Trek? Well, they're, they're, they, they're, they're, they're cannon fodder, aren't they? Really, they're just kind of like yeah, they're just I don't know, like pests really now. Yeah. Uh, you're going to say something, Ben? If I hit my microphone button, I was going to say about um, something that you basically fed into naturally. Um, that was all right. Um, I can't remember. It was something, but I then told you I'd said it, so it's okay. <laughs> You'd already uh, said it. So it doesn't matter. That's that's that's, that's all right, I guess. Uh, it might be a bit of a short show tonight, guys. <laughs> Oh, we do. Have, we've got a fair amount of speculation and stuff like that. We can go into. There's just no 
It's okay, I'm here. Just no. ask me anything. Yeah. Ask me anything. <laughs> I'm actually quite looking forward to, to ECM now I've got a chance to come in because it'll be my first ever ECM. And uh, I think it'll, because it's in Cambridge, I think it'll be like Frontiers playing at home, whereas yeah. you go anywhere else and playing away. So they're like, there shouldn't be really any excuse for Frontier not to have a good presence at ECM, oh, really. I, I've heard rumours that it is in walking distance just of Frontier Towers. Yep, we have a so planned conga it's, it's around Frontier distance. Towers. And uh, <laughs> no, we don't. But the key thing is also to remember the reason... That needs to be done, to be honest, Krabs. Well, that would be funny as hell. The reason why we were, we were quite keen on having it on their doorstep is because we really wanted an opportunity for all those staff who never get to come to the LaveCon or whatever, who never get to see the kind of uh, joy and the sort of love that is out there for the game that they've created and been involved in. And we just wanted to create an opportunity for them to come along without having to, you know, put on uh, a show, without having to be um, expected to be on duty, so that they can come and actually join in, play some of these games that we've got, and meet the people that are going to be, you know, so appreciative of their time and the, the efforts mm. they've put in. So it's a real um, opportunity. So, so Shan, if we have to huckle you into a <laughs> container <laughs> to give the, the Frontier devs peace, we will be prepared. There will be people on hand. I'm pretty sure there are, are a queue of NPCs looking to get their virtual boots into your guts at a moment's opportunity. So <laughs> we will have a, a queue of NPCs backstage just to make sure that if Shan starts to harass, if he starts, you know, harassing Frontier staff for secrets and trying to catch them out with these expose Families of all of his dead crew. <laughs> yeah, they've yeah, been invited shame along. On me for, yeah, shame on me for asking intelligent questions. Uh, yeah, how dare I? No, not at all. They're they're on they're not on duty, which is the lovely thing. So we're hoping that we can all have a, a good laugh with them and show our appreciation for the game that has brought us and this community together. And well, I guess if we're sneaky, well, what we can do, Cow, is we uh, can you, you can you can feed all the devs to me, and I'll keep them talking, <laughs> and then you can then run to Frontier Towers and take photos through the windows of what they're working <laughs> on because we know we're there. <laughs> Oh, that that's a little underhand. I mean, I must admit, I'm, I'm quite relieved that they'll get to see a more positive side of the community, because if all they see is the bile and the arguments that are happening on the forums at the moment, um, honestly, I'm willing, I'm losing the will to live. <laughs> there seems to be an awful lot of players coming back who used to play for about uh, a year ago and um, just coming back to complain that nothing has changed, which they've now been um, labelled the undead. (laughs) 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 Which is is really helpful when, you know, the undead are calling us all, the rest of us white knights and forum dads and all the rest of it. So uh, if if all the the developers see is that side of the community, it must be very dispiriting. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. So, um, moving on from uh, there, um, as we don't have any anything else really lined up, um, there was a newsletter, but again, it's been it's been kind of covered 
with last week's show uh, and so on. Um, we do have something interesting that was raised by uh, Mr. Tea Time on our Lave Radio Discord. And he has asked a very interesting question about space legs. Now, um, this, is, this is quite, well, how would you handle death outside the spaceship in space legs? Now, by this, I assume you're just happily, you've got out your SRV or you've got out your ship and you're, you're walking around the planet or on a planet trying to um, pick up rocks or whatever we're going to be doing on planets. And then a big Thargoid jumps out and rips your your um, your your poor spaceman in half. Um, what happens to your character then? So, Mr. T-Time has... Pardon? New command time, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you see, this is the interesting thing because at the moment, what's, what happens is that if you did die in your ship or you die in your SRV, you're either back in the ship or you are transported to the nearest station. Yep. Oh. You know what? I think Ben Ben is is must be um, having bladder problems. I think he's needing to go to the toilet. So we will take a break uh, and come back with this this subject in a bit. life, choose a ship, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a fucking big ship, choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers, choose good health, local estrel and ship insurance, choose fixed interest loan repayments, choose a space station, choose your friends, choose leisure wear and matching luggage, choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of fucking colours. Choose decals, exploration, and wondering where the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing fucking junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. Until some fucker comes along to steal your ship, your cargo, and your clothes, leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion heads? Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple 
or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, my husband Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> I, don't th- I don't think. Oh, um, is, the, is, is Colin back yet? It must be. It's definitely. A, it's definitely. A, it's definitely a number two. Uh, all right, let's go for this one then. The Federal Navy. We want you for Adventures Unlimited. Just last week, I was mixing Sidewinder Slammers at a seedy space bar. I wasn't even pilot registered. And now I have a ship and a basic starting mission for the Federal Navy. Owing to recent actions in the Lave region, the Federal Navy now seeks to recruit another 1,000 entry-level pilots. We need you to add your strength to our military machine. I'm going to see the galaxy. We have missions for all pilots, regardless of combat experience or flight hours. Come and talk to us and we'll get you on the military ladder. Join the Federal Navy. Make a real pilot of yourself. Or die trying. Wait, what's that? Is that is that a ship coming? Are they looking for me? What do they? <laughs> and welcome back. Um uh yes, so we'll we'll start where we, we left on, off. Um uh, again we were, we were about to t- uh, discuss a topic ro- raised by uh, Mr. Tea Time about how you would handle death outside the spaceship when you you've, we've got the space legs. Uh, and Mr. Tea Time has said, I would probably have the character die, hopefully leaving the ship in situ, but his estate gets inherited by a crew member or a relative requiring at least a re-roll of the avatar creator or perhaps some inheritance taxes for jeopardy. Um, so, uh, gentlemen, who would like to go first to discuss I'll this? Go I'll go first. I, I was going to say Ben's punchline, but I know he'll moan, so I won't. Um, you wake up in the shower. Ah, the Dallas escape. Or, as an alternative, sorry, very quickly thought, you're, you're, you get, you come back and it's your avatar, but they've got a little H on their forehead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ben, do you want to, to jump in there? Because you have got a, a theory about this well, hate in the forehead thing, haven't you? I'm just wondering, and I can't think of anything in Elite Dangerous lore, that there's no reason why we couldn't all be brains in jars, essentially. Or we couldn't, why we couldn't all be some kind of uploaded consciousness sitting in Shinat Dejra. And this would explain to us, actually, why... In 3300, all we basically were were these faceless masks of generic humanoid shape. And then a little bit later on, then we got Hollow Me so we could say, you know what, that's what I look like. <laughs> and then it explains how we just seem to sort of teleport somehow into our SRV. And the less said about your ship launch fighter, the better. 
okay. Um, it also would explain how you can somehow be out at Beagle Point or something like that and suddenly wake up 30,000 light years away. Um, so basically, you know, I can't think. I can't think of any reason why we couldn't essentially be brains in jars, and basically our robot bodies that are currently sitting in the commander chair suddenly gets a leg upgrade activation kind of thing. And I, I do wonder whether or not we've been all watching the Matrix too much when we're saying this. Um, but yeah, Suv, jump uh, in. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I think we're I think we're overthinking it. Just have you respawn at your bed. Um, that's how all video games handle death. It's the it's the one that uh, punishes failure the least. Um, you can have have things like um, have things like credit. Like you could you could have a, a bigger credit penalty, for example, to reflect the fact that it's um, that there are medical costs as well as insurance costs or whatever. But, um, uh, just have your your bunk in your ship as your respawn point, um, and uh, and just respawn there. Um, it would also give uh, w- one thing a w- one thing that doesn't tend to um, one one thing I've noticed about games that have these sort of features is that um, your bed uh, generally has no purpose in video games because sleeping does not good gameplay make, um, and having it as a respawn point actually gives it a purpose. I mean. That is beds from Minecraft, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's often used in crafting. Yeah, that's true. I think I think about the suggestion about um, it having a real penalty towards it is you wouldn't ever go outside your ship if if the penalty is you have to re-roll your character and you pay a fine and precisely inherit that. You wouldn't ever go outside your ship. So I can't imagine yeah, that. Uh, no, no. The, the ideal, I think, is the GTA Five model. Well, that that has no penalty for death whatsoever. Elite isn't Elite isn't built on that on that system because Elite already has quite a quite a, in terms of MMOs. Elite already has quite a large punishment for failure, which is five or ten percent of your of your cash, which is sorry of the ship value, which is often several hours worth of gameplay. Um, like very very of your ships. Well, very. Few, I mean. What's what, what's most people's earning rate in elite? Casually playing, a couple of million a couple of million an hour. Um, therefore, like if you're flying a mid-tier ship and you lose it, it, you probably lose five million. So you've probably lost about two and a half hours of progress. That that is a lot for an MMO. That's about the most. That's about the largest penalty for death out of any MMO I know actually. Um, so I don't I don't think that we need to. I, I I don't think it's poorly balanced in terms of the penalty for failure. I think that. Elite is quite a serious, complex game, and I don't think the fact that it penalises death is too big a problem. But I also think that having it so that you completely lose your character upon death, or have to re-roll, or um, you know that sort of thing, I think that would be too much because it would it would really disincentivize any multiplayer activity or taking risks and stuff. Ben, do you want to jump I in? Do there? Th- I do think we need to differentiate between the lore excuse hand wavium for what's what's happening versus the gameplay mechanics of what's happening and i completely agree agree gameplay mechanics you wake up in your ship or you wake up at the door to the base you're invading or 
some appropriate waypoint and you you face whatever the hell you face and you have to pay whatever you pay. pay. Um, Medical but, reconstruction costs. Yeah, but people will complain about immersion if we don't get some kind of hand wavium excuse as to what the hell's going on. And one thing it can't be is, we're all clones! Because there's well, another game has gone off and done that. Yeah. Yes, they, they, they were discussing that very thing podcast, which is all about counting the uh, the soldiers around uh, Buckingham Palace. You know, the guard frequency. <laughs> no. Oh, the frequency of the guards, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> counting Shan's son. <laughs> and his thoughts. Flying through the yeah. air. <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs> With Whee! a special... <laughs> Uh, yes, they were discussing this exact subject about how they're going to handle that kind of uh, mechanic over in, in that other game, um, which technically, though, I'm still a backer, but I haven't played it yet. Um, so, and th- they just said they're all clones, and your consciousness is transferred into each clone. Uh, That's always been their law, basically. Uh, that's not. I thought. I thought it was that you have. Um, it transfers to a family member with with similar similar appearance. Not slightly not different. In Star Citizen. Oh, poor old Alex Raider. He just needs to wait a little bit for his dad to come back after being blown up by the <laughs> Cobra and the Dark Wheel and hit him. In. Think we're in. Yeah, but that's why I, I think you know. There's been some kind of tech in the past. 50 years, basically, since Frontier uh, Encounters was out, that means we can basically be ships in jars telepresenced into our ships. Nah, nonsense. That's not going to be the way they do it. Absolutely we, no way. It's, it's probably not, but it explains so much. It explains what we it, it raises more questions than it answers. Why have seats in the ships if we're all brains in jars? Why not just have us uploaded to... Why have cockpits? Because ah, ah I, yes, I, we could, you could, we could say. Do you want to say, Colin? Well, I was going to say there are two forms of pilots in the planet uh, on in the universe. There are the Pilots Federation planets, uh, pilots rather, and basically we are all brains in jars at Shinatra Zedra. Uh, Shinatra, right. that's the one. Uh, but the rest of the ships, the NPCs, they're all physical pilots, and you know we're all flying the same ship. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I don't buy that because if you think about in law how prestigious the elite rank is and how obviously rare it is because it's elite, then if you could just simply come back like some kind of Cylon and keep and keep having another go for as long as you like, <laughs> it, it's just a matter of death. Yeah, running, yeah. It? It, it would it would nuke any. I think I think that, that there is no there is no law friendly way to resolve this. It's it's you've got to you if if people cr- I mean I'm a, I love immersion and I'm one of those guys. But if if the question becomes like oh what about my immersion? The answer is just gameplay. Like sorry, something you're, you're playing a video game and that has there are some impacts to that. Like there's there's no way to resolve this in a law friendly way that doesn't nuke all the existing elite law. Have an opt in system where if you're really worried about the immersion. You can have it like in Iron Man mode. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's your version. 
Show gone in. One thing I was... The reason why I think we've all got these bodies, whatever the hell they are, is it gives... If you, if you are, say, a brain in a jar, it's a lot easier to think of yourself still as this human that you've been for this past, however old you are, and that's how you're... It's a lot less jarring to your, your psyche rather than waking I... up and suddenly realise you're, oh, my shit, I'm a, a, I'm a spaceship now. See, when people say brain in a jar, I just can't get the future armour. Oh, that's exactly yeah. That's exactly where I'm where the brain in a jar is coming from. Um, oh, or you can just say, "Piss off! Stop being a knob! It's a game. Deal with it." Yeah, it's got to be um, that. I'm, I'm that. afraid that is my point of view on this one. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's just one of those um, things that. No, it's it is a game. It's you can yeah. you can go down the Eve route, and the Star Citizen route, and try and put an explanation in, but it just oh, I don't know. I mean, the only reason that something works for me in No Man's Sky is because when you find out what yeah. No Man's Sky is really about, then it makes sense. But, um, Cal, your your enthusiasm, yes, is noted. I've got it. I've Got it. I, I've racked my mind, and I'm going to Picard Settlement in the moment. I've racked my mind, and I've got it. What would you know? You know when you get a kill cam, and it will it will take you back magically in time to witness and, and follow the trajectory of the hacker that killed you, because obviously anyone that kills you is a fucking hacker. Um, but <coughs> it, it, will, it will basically recap it, and then. So you should get that death cam moment at the point of death, but what it should do is take a trick from those 1960s and 70s uh, action films like Superman and Rocketman and just change the fucking facts. So <laughs> that's where you've been shot in a headshot. It'll go to the kill cam. And what it'll show you is that someone dives in at the last second and knocks you out of the way, <laughs> and then you come to in hospital because uh, you bumped your head. And so, it, so it wouldn't be a so it wouldn't be a remlock survival system. It would be a retcon survival system. <laughs> <laughs> so something along those lines. But you know, I think you know it's one of those things where if you wake up in a hospital bed and it's like someone just sitting there going, "I oh, know you've had a little accident." Um, you know, they're quick enough to put you in those bloody penal colonies where you're st- <laughs> dude, you've racked a wee dent in your ship or bumped the wrong ship and you wake up there. Um, I don't see why they couldn't do something along the lines of, which is the old GTA um, response where you wake up at the hospital and you get out of the hospital. Um, or if you're in trouble, you get wake up at a police station. And that would seem to fit the current setting and ideas. As for explaining it, um, don't. I don't think there's anything you could do that would be satisfactory, you know, unless you were, you know, forcing a, a sort of someone stepping up in your family line that's taking over. But, you know, you, you might end up having to have a massive uh, family just in order to make sure. Certainly, I, <laughs> I was going to say, you, were, you wouldn't have time to any training or be elite, would you? You'd be, you, well, you might actually be elite at a different skill, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's it's why Shannon's got so many children. It's maybe an excuse as to you know having a woman at every port, having a family at every port, just <laughs> in case. 
people will be managing the uh, interstellar populations carefully. It's an impossible one to answer, though, isn't it? You either um, do the likes of an Iron Man or you have a clone counter. Clones don't quite work with the lore of Elite. Dave Hughes and uh, Elite uh, Encounters have details on cloning and how it's... But maybe, you know, Frontier would change the, the laws and that because cloning is the most conceptual kind of fits with the kind of future concepts so I mean you know your your fighter gets blown up you 3D print one you get blown up you 3D print one as long as you've got the right coloured filament it should be fine you won't come out as a gold skin um <laughs> you mean a bit like the fifth element there is one set <laughs> here's a, here's a bright yeah that's right. right we've only got blue left um <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine you've got to do your um your sort your you you can control your SRV so you basically you go from uh, your physical body to a mind uh, um, a sort of uploaded mind and, and being inside your ships so that you can go and collect materials to get the right amount of stuff to reprint your body. Um, I mean, I suppose it's not immediately a, a, a benefit to the game or to the universe to do it down that route, but. It certainly would keep open the concept of it being futuristic, but uh, I think no matter how much hand wavium, people are not going to be impressed. But the, you know, I don't think anybody who's not impressed could come up with anything that would work either. But if they can, let us know. Info at laveradio.com. Get your information to us. If you, this is like the, the guy, the writers of Lost. If you know what the polar bear's about, we'd like to know. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> I, I, do like, I do like Mr. T Time has actually commented on this. You mean we wake up in an hospital hospital ship's cat and funny pain in your stomach? Mm. <laughs> okay, aliens reference, if you didn't get that. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Are we all in kind of agreement of whatever works? <laughs> yeah, I think the hospital idea is a, is a really good one. I was, um, uh, I think, I think the GTA analog works just as well as your uh, having it being your um, your bunk in your ship. Either or. The same thing. There needs to be a penalty for death, and you're right. You can't just keep carrying on a respawn where you fell. So waking up in some kind of hospital ship um, with a fee. Exactly. Yeah, it does make does make sense. Hmm. And then you then you'd have to, and then then you'd have to sort of navigate your way around. Um, your ship might have been might have been moved to the hospital ship in yeah. anticipation of you reviving, and you've got to make your you've got to make your way to the hangar to pick it up. Blah blah. blah. So maybe what you could do is your new lung. Maybe what um, you could guys, do is you could kind of base what happens is depending on the nationality of your pilot. So if you were like. <laughs> Um, oh, British, God, here we go. Racism alert. And it, no, no, if you're British, you have like the NHS and your fee would, you know, it'd be, it, you'd sort of pay for your care over the course of your lifetime and your thing. Or if you're an American pilot, you'd just get stung with a huge bill at the end of your life and your descendant would have to pay it off. Quickly, Ben, now. I don't think that would work, Shan, because I think one of the things that they, if we're going to get elite feet, then... I really do think one of the things we're essentially going to get is, I don't know, for want of a better word, let's call it Thargoid Commander, maybe. Yeah, and that's going to basically be, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we wind up doing base assaults 
on Thargoid bases having to go off and kill a bazillion Thargoids to impregnate the Queen or something like that. Yeah. And Not the parachute troopers thing. So, well, whatever, yeah. And I don't think... Basically the same. If we can't infect them with a virus on a MacBook, then I'm... (laughs) But waking up in a hospital ship a couple of light years away would really, really suck if you're an hour into the... If you're an hour into infiltrating this Thargoid base. Yeah, that's true. Unless it was the kind of game where where... It's asymmetrical, and the players are a lot more powerful than the Thargoids. But then again, it's 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 structurally it's a PvP game, and it will be highly likely that players will be able to fight players. So there must be a like. I was, I was just thinking maybe it will be like a one v many type thing where the, the Thargoids are quite underpowered, so you don't expect to die very often. Um, and it's more of like a, a sort of strategic thing. But then I was thinking, well, actually, some of the enemies are going to be other players, so we. You know, we yeah. we sh- the game will need to be designed around frequent deaths. Shun? Yeah, I was thinking back. I was just thinking what a load of wusses we are these days in our games. Um, and I was thinking back, and people will be really thirsty, so I'm going to help them out here. Um, in Guild Wars One, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was not un- it was not unknown because it was the elite. There were certain areas of the game that were, they were for end game. And it would not be unknown for a, a group to spend four, five, six hours playing through the zone. And if the last person is killed and can't be resurrected, the whole group is kicked out. So you could do, you could be spending five or six hours in this zone. Someone could do one wrong pull or get aggro in an incorrect way, and the hour, five or six hours, would be completely wiped out. And yeah, people were annoyed, but they still kept going back. So all this kind of, oh, you're going to wake up with, or you're going to wake up and see little stars or bluebirds switching around your eyes. Nah, hardcore sometimes. It's the same with um, it's the same with ship death. To be fair, you don't you don't immediately respawn where you were with ship death. Yeah, cow. Right. Okay. I thought he was going to jump. No, in. no, yeah, I, I am, I am indeed. I've noticed that some people are going for this wonderful concept, and I'm going to have to credit Moof on the concept of. Uh, if you ever followed the Drabble threads, we had a story about Timmy, which uh, uh, SAS Dockstone had started his own character, and then Moof decided that he would make Timmy a fat, horrendously overweight person who actually needed to be cut out of his Sidewinder cockpit, um, and. <laughs> So I'm looking in the chat, and I, I don't know it. why this popped into my head, right? But every time you use space legs, you have to leave the ship or leave your SRV. When you do that, you get scanned, and the story mode explanation is that you stayed there, but a drone kind of Robocop um, version was out there. So like a, like your SRVs and like your Holomies, you'd have some kind of robotic uh, device that would act as a person so that if it gets destroyed, it would get 3D printed back in the ship or the SRV or whatever. That was from um, Kai19103. Um, so that just kind of make, gives me this impression that um, if we go back to the... Disney documentary about space travel in the future called Wally, um, <laughs> where we are all have become these kind of uh, fat blobs that don't even know how to use our legs. 
um, because we don't do anything anymore ourselves. And it kind of fits into that um, kind of mantra. I don't think it works very well with any of the elite novels. They'd have to go back and rewrite them. But, um, you know, everyone likes a challenge. That's, that is a challenge and a half. Can you imagine? <laughs> British players wake up in hot and are charged 10 credits. American <laughs> players are charged 1.3 million credits or one-tenth of their total worth, whatever is greater. Oh, well, let's hope so. It stays that way, shall we? Oh, dear. <laughs> A little bit of politics in there. <laughs> oh, someone's dropped, a, dropped their mouse in surprise, I do believe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that, Cal. There is no way I'm saying that. Um, I only have dark hair, Cal. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> so th- this is this has ended up being a rather bizarre piece. It's Can't expect to not be bizarre, can you? You know. What would happen to French players, do you think? Do you think they just surrender before? Oh. <laughs> Can we just point out to any of our, um, uh, of our listeners who, who do listen across in France, I am so sorry. I really am. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, moving on from that, I mean... I just want to touch on uh, one uh, little issue as far, as far as this is concerned. Um, I mean, personally, no, I, I don't think we should have to worry about it at all. It's a game thing. Yeah. It. I mean, there's enough, there's enough, you feel like, realism sacrifices already so having one more i don't think it's gonna matter it's just necessary the game would be a shit game if you if it if if it was implemented in a different way i think and, and that's the problem because it's, it's down to gameplay mechanics versus of course real life and you know if you wanted real life well then reset the game You've got the option to reset your your commander you are playing iron man for the rest of us um no. Uh, I, mean, I guess. Uh, I've got that's it. Kind of I've the got end of it. it. I've got it. Oh, go on then. I've go got on then, Ken. it. I've got it. And this is great for supporting fellow game developers and stuff. Right. So if your character dies in Elite Dangerous, you wake up in Star Citizen. <laughs> Vice versa, and uh, yeah, vice versa, and then we can bring can, in can No Man's some, Sky. And, yeah, get uh, some R and Jesus. Exactly. That's problem solved. I think if Next you issue. kill too many times, <laughs> I think if you die too many times, you end up being one of my crew members. No one deserves that. cast system, whereby you you just get lower and lower down the and tree. Until, until eventually, when you've died too many times, you reincarnate as an NPC on a wedding barge who has to vocally <laughs> voice her doubts all the time. Can it be based on your kill death ratio or something like that? Yeah, exactly, yeah. 
Are you going to play Elite this week? And, oh, no, I don't fancy another four hours of typing. I don't know if I can go through with it into the voice chat. <laughs> I do like Stephen uh, Usher. He's, he said that it's kind of like the Trek Next Generation. You're stored in a pattern buffer, and they're just re, re-beamed, recreated when you die. <laughs> Bitstorm's actually saying for Space Legs, he thinks they'll go for a telepresence idea and we'll... We've already got telepresence, so I guess you telepresence into an android or something, I guess. Oh, not more bloody telepresence. Oh. You, know, you, you know what it makes me, reminds me of? It reminds me of the Big Bang Theory and Sheldon and his virtual uh, presence, presence device. He's walking around with a monitor. Oh, I remember that. That was amazing. <laughs> In the car. <sighs> Ah, dear. Anyway, um, shall shall we quickly um, just pop over to uh, our favourite subject of our main discussion uh, discussions about what people thought they they might miss, uh, what they thought they'd do if they had a a chance to rewrite ED. Just cover off a couple, another couple of these, just to get them out of the way. Let's do it. Okay. Um, well, I was going to go with this one. Um, there, <laughs> Michael Hughes on Facebook said, make it possible to map asteroids so you're not always trying to mine the same ones. How's that? Discuss. That sounds thrilling. If I was going mining, it would be nice to go off and have a, yeah, you've looked at that one already, you Wally thing showing and even better if it could actually show me like like little you know how when you you know you do your pulse wave thing yeah and you've got you've got your orange ones if they're hot you've got your blue ones if they're not and you've got your red ones if you swipe left (laughs) (laughs) actually yeah some some, some thing to show you where you've been would actually be very useful yeah i must admit i still am having trouble with um sort of gauging which is the correct colour of orange. <laughs> mm, no, Every t- you know, yeah, I, me too. It is hard. Yeah, it's a hit and miss game. I mean, when I, when I hear about all these people who come back to um, stations with hundreds of tons of void opals and they're going, how were you able to tell? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking in our session to get about 30. Is that about right? Uh, there's, no. there's several things. The ast- void- asteroids tiny void opals. There are only a couple of shapes. There's only one yeah. shape. Yeah. There's, there's there's one there's one model. So it's it's a it's a combination of things. One, it's um when they look very very yellow, orange to the point of being bright yellow. And two, um, is it the one and only asteroid model which that has a core that you can crack? There's one single model. Um, and once you get used to recognizing those, it becomes a lot easier because you have much fewer false positives. And sometimes if you have um, night vision mode on, uh, you can see the The scenes. The scenes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there's an idea. You can see if that's Asteroid's crack. (laughs) Oh, good God. I don't even know how he thinks of them. Like, his his mind just be... He must have at least 40% of his brain just (laughs) thinking about innuendo all the time. Because it's so quick. I think that's, that's what she said. said. <laughs> it's pretty natural. <laughs> Sorry. 
Oh, since we've gone to that level, we might as well stay there. Because I've got another, I've got, I've got another one that I think is quite an interesting one. Go on then. Um, so did you say that as well? <laughs> See, we we've now opened the innuendo, oh, and I'd like to close it again. Did you say that as well? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but isn't that the point of this? She said, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Trust Jan to be the only one. Who <laughs> right, anyway, Jacko Wright on I think Facebook is saying he would really, really like proximity voice comms. So let's yeah, say, for cool. sake of argument, you interdict somebody. I could go off and I would automatically have voice comms with you if you're in like a couple of kilometers with me, and you can hear me say. Give me all your credits, otherwise you're going to die. Or give me, all your, give me your cargo. Isn't that um, like sort of winding down your window and shouting at someone who's cut you up or something yeah. like that? Um, I mean, you know, Jack, Jacko's saying that would uh, many commanders have died needlessly because they didn't answer him calling them. Whereas if you could just go off and open the communication and say, Oi, stop it. You know, but then you assume be... you've got your mic on on your headset on and you're not scrabbling well, around. This is option. This would obviously be an optional thing. I mean, it's actually something that's covered quite nicely in Red Dead Redemption. Um, if you're, there's no Red Dead Redemption has no means of talking to people unless you're up close and personal with them. Like you're within talking distance, basically. And then if you have your mic on, and if they have their ears on, I guess you could say then you can talk and other people can hear you. But because you don't want to hear all the things you can hear, you can obviously go off and just ignore everything. And, of course, you don't have to broadcast anything. That's cool. That's a good idea. You know, that is one thing that I've always wanted. I've always wanted a way to challenge NPCs to stand and deliver. Oh, God, I would yeah. love that. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. Be awesome. So that you can, it depending on your, how your rank is and how, what your even your notoriety could be, they'd probably go, oh, no, I'm going to give up. I'll just dump my cargo. And But instead, you have to start shooting them, which causes even more fines. Yeah. I think I think it's well recognised that the game needs a piracy over. Um, and, uh, and actually, that would be a great idea for a show discussion one day, like what would a pir- piracy overhaul look like? And um, that would be a really, really good basis for um, like one plank of a, of a piracy overhaul. Because the feature needs a ton of work, and one one thing that would make it a lot better would be the ability to actually pirate rather than just brute force, um, intimidate rather than just brute force piracy. Mm. Um, but there's a ton of other stuff as well, like um, like balancing the returns and the rewards, and giving you a greater toolbox, and you know, giving the giving making your reputation pay a larger part, and all that and all that sort of thing. Okay, I, I'm just thinking actually of what Red Dead's got with witnesses and what a certain Mr. Psycho Cow's like. You know, because I could so much see it like you go off and do your money of your life and another NPC crew another NPC says, I saw that as they highway out. And then Grant would go off and chase them down, deal with them, and then you get seen by someone else, deal with them, and you wind up like with a bazillion credit bounty halfway across Federation space. And then you get a Galnet article about how a system's been depopulated. <laughs> Just by Strangely, crap. and no one knows why. Now, I think it's fair to say you've gone off and 
depopulated roads of Valentine a few times, haven't you, Grant? <laughs> Normally, the most common thing that I hear from my wife or anyone who's playing is, what's all that noise? Why are there so many bodies? <laughs> it's like, yep, I beat you here, I beat you here. Shan likes to hire what them. I the like to just, yeah. Fire. You fire them. <laughs> well, it was the butcher. I was just curious what would happen if I threw a stick of dynamite into the butchers, but. <laughs> that's the most video game sentence I've ever heard well, is that something you're likely to do you know that, that that's way games work isn't it first thing you do is you think right how should I play this and then the second thing is right how do I mess this whole thing up it is the intrinsic nature of gamers we are essentially a bunch of arseholes we want to play really? your game and what we want to do is play your game and then we want to break your game and we want to find out what's the most fun way to break your game and if it's something like oh there's an NPC, how many people do we know that the first thing you do when you see an NPC and he starts telling you what you're going to do is shoot them in the face that, that's... <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever do that in Skyrim and we just go around and murder whole villages well, yeah, I mean, I used to I find it was it was always my companions that would get pissed off or something and, uh, because I'd probably steal something from the shop and then I would go outside to find my companions wiped out the whole fucking village because they've re- <laughs> <laughs> overreacted and you're like going, oh, great, well, that's that mission done then. We're not going to go be able to talk to Tina and her, uh, her dogs because they're all lying there in pieces. Um, okay, right, next then. Uh, it kind of made me um, realise something that if it was kind of like real life in Jumanji then it'd <laughs> be a Stop right film. there! How can you possibly put two things like that together? If it was like because real life in Jumanji if, if it were real gamers and the NPC came up and said, "Hello, Doctor Bravestone. I've got a quest for you." Most players would shoot the poor guy, in the oh, they would. Yeah, yeah, and then feed him to the, the hippo. Exactly, <laughs> and then that's the end of the film, and they're stuck in there forever. And one uh, of them I would mean, be glitching one... and, and lagging and appearing every couple of seconds, and they're like, "Oh, for fuck! Is he still on dial-up?" Yeah, until I saw a, a video on how to make a nightmare zoo. Uh, that is one of the things that actually put me off Planet Zoo, the fact that you can't actually do stuff to murder the animals or whatever. You know, you, there's... Uh, Frontier thought, they thought of everything, but there was, there was a rather excellent video where a, a guide worked out. Um, he, he tried to see how many giraffes you could fit in a square yeah and and the other one he did was he got um he, he got all the hundreds and thousands of giraffes all in one spot and other animals as well and then he got the turret and then he got the terrain editing tool and put a hole so they then hurtled to their death through the map you know that's it. that's the sort of thing you can do in, in planet zoo now but i thought you couldn't so that's what put me off again so yeah you can basically have your your normal civilians walking along underneath, and up above you've got a floating island filled up with animals, and then you basically let them plummet to their doom. Yeah. On top um, of the people. On top of the people, yeah. Uh, one of the things that um, <laughs> this reminds me of, there is a, a YouTube channel, Villa Dirt Leap. Have, have you ever seen this? 
um, they have they have speculated. They do these uh, comedy skits where they speculate what it would be like if one of the NPCs in one of these EverQuest games or World of Warcraft actually became sentient. So, so they knew they were in a game. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's so dark. That's so dark. Um, yes. So uh, what I'll do is I'll actually put that in the link. Um, this this. <laughs> It's, Going majorly off. Dark well, mirror based on that plot, basically, isn't it? My players skip an NPC. Have any of you guys ever seen The Legend of Neil? No. It's the web miniseries <laughs> with. Oh, it's got Felicia Day in it, and. Oh, some of the other guys who were in the guild. Um, but it's basically all about this guy, Neil, who wakes up and he's in Zelda. And all the characters are essentially self-aware about things. <laughs> and he's just absolutely mad. And the fairy is awesome. And I'll just leave it at that. But the, the darkest one I remember is the Black Mirror um, Starship episode. Oh, God, where, that was dark, yes. yes. Where, where they reveal they uh, have no genitalia because... You know, computer game characters don't have them. And then you have mod support. <laughs> well, I, rem- uh, I remember uh, well, Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury? Not Ray Bradbury. I can't remember what his name is. This author who wrote um, bizarre comical books. Um, kind of very sort of Pratchetty style. No, what was his name now? It'll come to me in a minute. Um, oh, is it the one where basically you're off to see the wizard or something like that? Where it seems like everybody is a, is an NPC wizard in, a, in an MMO for it, some reason. I, I'll figure this one out. But he used to do like, it's like comedy books and things, kind of science fiction, but he did one where it was um, Only You Can Save Mankind. And that was one where it was about him realising that his poor abilities in playing games was killing hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> these little virtual creatures. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, there's there's obviously an awful lot of fun to play with that kind of storyline. I'm not sure what the relevance is with tonight's discussion, though. I don't know how we got here. I like where we've so, got so- to, but I don't know why we're here. <laughs> Actually, yeah, this is this this is something. This is um, an author called by an author called Scott Mayer. It's called "Off to Be a Wizard," where um, all of a sudden people get embedded in these RPGs that, and they suddenly become it's more real to them than than real life. Which I think is a bit scary considering what we do. <laughs> I don't think we've got any real room to talk. Anyway, moving on from there, uh, has anybody uh, had a look through that list and thought, oh, I'd like to talk about that one? No? There were an awful lot of people who went off and made comments about good old peer-to-peer versus... Oh. But I think a lot of that's been discussed to death. Yeah. Um, don't give us less to talk about, Ben. We, this has got to last us till December. <laughs> It's got to last us until um, at least Fleet Carriers, isn't it? Oh my god. I don't think Fleet Carriers will give us six months worth of content either, though, to be honest. Nope. Six months worth of, um, worth of salt, maybe. 
Oh. Um, hmm, spot the person. People talking about cro- cro- we've got crossplay. Um, I don't think I can't think of anybody who thinks you shouldn't have crossplay. No, me. I completely agree with that. Okay, yeah, okay why would you not like crossplay? Because it would be unfair on the console owners in their PvP. They'd be really disadvantaged. Oh well. I think the answer to good that news? would be have two new private groups, one called Xbox and one called PlayStation. And <laughs> with PC players, you can go in the PlayStation private group. Yeah, that would be very different from the status quo. Console player. <laughs> you know, or, you know, have a console player one, maybe. And then if they go into open, it's open. I think if you gave console awesome. players the option, they'd, they'd take it. Do you think I think they would, but I think they, I mean, I'm not saying, you're not, I'm not saying PC Master Race or anything like that, but if you think of the add-on tools that's available yeah. to the PC, oh, yes, and then yes. what, on the console, you know, PC owners have a huge advantage. What with the voice attack, the game glass stuff we talked about last week, all that kind of stuff, and, you know, I think it just adds up to a big advantage that if, Everyone was in open, for example. I, I think the, uh, I think it'd be difficult. I don't think it, it matters does, a great deal, really. I like, think I'm with Sue there. I don't think it matters that much. Yeah, it, it's it's not it's not primarily a. It, I mean, I, I, people who play this may be able to um, correct me, and I'm probably wrong. But Fortnite is loads and loads of different platforms. It's all platforms, and that's a primarily PvP game. Mm-hmm. Um, Elite is not primarily a PvP game. PvP is possible, but it's not really designed as a com- competitive PvP game. And Oh Well, Get Good is is kind of the game's response to Oh Dear, I Died. Um, and uh, I really don't think that... Um, and, and also, it's a hard game, which means that if you're not very good at it, you're already at a disadvantage. And um, uh, I, I think that if um, if console or... You know, if, if console weren't as good at PvP as... As PC, I don't, I don't think Frontier would worry about that, and it's certainly not a reason not to implement it. I don't. I've got a fairly good one from Commander Machine and Ghost Giraffe, uh, and they're saying, firstly, I'd get rid of the fade to black that we get when you go into uh, remote in the debug camera when you get remotely close to anything. Uh, yeah, I agree. That is very very annoying. Uh, and secondly, they want the ability so that our NPC crewman show up on the bridge if yeah, we... Totally agree. Yeah. 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 Great shout. Um, oh, and thirdly, they want the stations to be a lot more... look more lived in. What? They want the stations to look more populated and lived in, so, I don't know, you go into your docking bay and there's people who suddenly swarm in to unload all your cargo or something like that. Yeah. Um, Seeing the autoloaders moving around would be cool. Yeah. Is that another way of saying he wants more yellow trucks? Possibly. I, I want the idea of I want to be flying out of the space station and I want some somebody in a spacesuit just to wave at me as I fly away. <laughs> oh no. Well, and you see, you to get not Star Trek. the spacesuit off. <laughs> yeah, but then then you, you might go too far the other way as Psychoca has been pom- uh, pointing yes, out. He, he wants that is too far the other way. He he went yes, he wants Bodily functions being oh, left everywhere, and I no, I, no. Yeah. Just think about it, right? Because the station rotates, right? So when it's at the top, if someone's been sick up there and you're down there working, unfortunately, directly below them, and thinking, 
Is it raining inside the station? That gives it the real oh, kind no. of lived in Surely feel. The centrifugal force like pulverizing yeah, urine. Right, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so basically. What you're saying, Cal, is you want little people underneath the docking bay no. so that when you fly through your ship, you can <laughs> empty the toilet tanks as you fly oh, over them. Oh, see that? If you come through the saying? slot, no empty. <laughs> Commander, you are not permitted to empty the latrine in the docking port area. Um, yeah, it could be good fun. I still want the one thing I want, and it's never going to happen, but bloody hell, you guys would all hate it too, is I want freaking space taxis so that I, rather than recalling my ship, I can jump in a wee space taxi and uh, it can take me to where my ships are docked. I want that. And, and buses, really that. Yeah, buses that space buses, so there's a timetable and you can wait half an hour for the 48, which takes you to Alpha <laughs> Centauri. Why can't I be a passenger on a passenger mission rather yeah. than just the pilot. You can you can be you can be a passenger on my passenger ship. <laughs> no. We probably will be able to do that with space legs. There's no reason why not. Apart from it would probably be quite boring for players. Just thinking about what Carol saying that you, you you can take things to a certain level of detail. Like for example, if you got bodily functions, and if you use the coffee cup on the crate too many times, then your need to pee will go up. Yeah, a bit like in The Sims, where everyone walks around with little bars above their heads, and they. So if you so if you like going to the um, if if your commanders decide to have a bit OCD and they go into an anaconda with a loose wire, they just kind of freak out. Or if they go into an ass, if they sort of like freak out because they're so dirty and smelly and horrible, and then when they go to a Utamaya ship, they're all kind of chilled and relaxed and. Like their idle animations would be them nervously twitching on a. <laughs> Yeah, but can you just imagine that that you've got to you you get killed because basically your commander has to get up from the seat and go to the toilet in the middle of a combat zone because you because <laughs> you missed out on seeing how that yellow bar got a bit too That's close. Why you need to spend your arcs on one of those plastic bottles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend your arcs on a catheter, special branded catheter. That's right. Right. Well, I think I think we're going to take, draw a line under it right now because I think we're taking the immersion up to. Got, uh, can we mention this final one from Bitstorm? Go on quickly. So Bitstorm saying, "I would love to see the transition between the ship and SRV or fighter." He's always imagined some kind of Thunderbird-style transition with the chairs moving from the ship into the SRV fighter. And I agree. I mean, that than a fate to black screen. That would be amazing. Yeah, you, you know the problem with that is that it won't be uh, a Thunderbirds one. It'll be a Wallace and Gromit one. <laughs> I can live without two, to be honest. Multi, yeah, Gromit. Sounds legit. You just go past and grab a cup, slice of cheese as you're going down the tubes. <laughs> or you just get stuck in the tube because you've had too much cheese. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, cheat, no. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> no, you can't. You can't because there's no cheese in Elite. So, what was it, Anyway, right, shall we move on to the computer? <laughs> um, Does Grant want to read that one out? <laughs> oh, no, no. Which okay. one are you talking about, Ben? I think you should read it out if Grant doesn't want to. Uh, your cockpit window ices up when it's too cold. Grant is suggesting it could steam up if you're doing certain other activities. 
And we're not talking about those activities like in yeah, Titanic. Yeah, mate, you, yeah, took, yeah. You, took, you took that away from being something, you know, bodily function related to double it's bodily, still bodily function. bodily function related. No, I'm not talking about space dogging and flicking your lights on twice and <laughs> hanging around Beagle Point with all the cool kids. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about... <laughs> What space dogging is going around the beach. Yes, going around the beach. It's going to be a good point. Come on, I go big a point, Mum. All my friends are going. Now, Luke, you'll stay at home and buy those droids with your dad. Oh, balls. <laughs> I, I, I do apologise to any listeners who had any idea that we went for taste and decency. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Um. Uh, the community corner, shall we? We shall. Yes. Um, first up, we I've have. Um, a, I just thought of a name for the episode, by the way. Oh, oh. Man, then don't forget it. Okay. I won't tell Colin because he'll kill him. Okay. You will see. Carry on, Colin. Oh, carry on. Oh, right. Okay. Ah, oh, is that the episode name? Carry on, Colin. <laughs> Carry on, Colin. Carry on, space dogging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we have a that well-known scribbler, uh, Senator Drew Wager. He's doing a, a series of uh, lore tours. So from Thursday, the second of April, uh, at eight o'clock GMT, um, immediately after the. Uh, official frontier soon he will be taking people on a tour of systems starting with sol which they did uh uh last week on, on the proper frontier live stream uh and they're going to talk through the lore of the systems as he drives around uh most of that lore um has been you know it's been made available as part of the writers packs that the writers all got um access to so uh, uh and the I do know Alan and, and Dave Hughes worked on a, an awful lot of that that work. So, uh, yeah, he'll be, he'll be going through and uh, uh, basically, you know, there'll be a lot of background information for us all to, uh, well, digest. We could ask, uh, ask Drew what he thinks the reason for us suddenly being able to walk about is and how uh, they should handle death. You know what? I'm actually scared to. After after this episode, <laughs> uh, secondly, we would like to give a round of applause to the the PS4 players who have now confirmed that they can play um, CQC properly. Uh, there was a, a massive uh, CQC session last Friday where they they tested the new release. And it found out of all the sessions, they only had two drops. Uh, normally, they have. Uh, uh, as soon as someone dies, play one game. Pardon? Sounds like normally the lucky if they can even finish a game. Yeah, I know, but this time they spent a good three, four hours playing the game solid, and there was only one or two drops before it. The, they would lose every other game or something like that. So we we have to uh, give uh, Asana, Arsena. Well, you know who he Oscar. is. Oscar. <laughs> Oscar, yes, you know who he is. We give him a round of applause and. Um, well done to Frontier to finally fixing that one because we now know how frustrating that was. Um, 
Cal, do you want to take this one? Because it's um, the mug is going somewhere where no mug has gone before. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Getting cool. So I can tell this story because last year uh, we had a trucker who was heading out on uh, a boat and a plane to a boat and then was going to go around all the different centres in the Antarctic and research posts on a resupply mission. And what he said was, um, can I get some mugs to take with me? And we said, of course you can, as long as you get some nice pictures and stuff. So it was like, yeah, that would be awesome. Not a problem at all. And sadly, because of the length of time and notice we had, the mugs arrived the day after he shipped out. So this year, he has absolutely gone above and beyond. Um, He's taken uh, this on various different boats and has had captains of the centres and the boats uh, standing and and talking about what they're doing with the mug. We've got, um, where's this one particular one? The Aurora Australis, yes, the Aurora Australis, uh, which uh, we've got a little video on Twitter um, of Amy Young who's talking about them deploying these drifting boys that are going to monitor atmospheric pressures and stuff whilst clenching... Those boys are going to get a bit cold, aren't they? A a golden Hutton mug. uh, And then all these people have agreed that they will sign these mugs and when they return, we will arrange some kind of way of using those mugs to do some fundraising so you can check out whatever it is we can manage to work out um, whether or not it's going to be some kind of auction I don't know where we're we're still toying with this idea and we've got plenty of time to wait because he's still got so much more time to go but the videos are really really cool Um, I see this boy looks amazing uh, that Amy's talking about It does. It looks really. I mean, it's, it looks high tech. <laughs> Normally, you're used to seeing like somebody. You look out over a bay and you think, "Oh, someone's dropped a ball cock in there," and you got these orange floating ball cocks. This thing's a, a hi-fi. Was oh, it because I said balls, Ben? No, no, I'm more thinking the fact that you're, you're saying that boy looks amazing. Well, it did. And I'm wondering what your wife would say, think if she heard you saying that kind she of thing. She just wouldn't be surprised. So, um, yes, thank you very much to this. Uh, oh, God, I wish I had. Hold on, let me go and get it out of the notes because it will tell me in there, won't it, who the commander is? Surely. Will it? <laughs> Surely to goodness. I'm terrible with names. Um, got, yes. Aurora Australis is. Um, you've got Dave Pearson's. Dog's um, Breath. Commander yeah. Dog's Breath, who has uh, been so kind to us to take us out there and to arrange all these. Um, insights that you wouldn't otherwise get into the command but yes the mug is in all these wonderful shots and you know thank you very much to all of his colleagues that have been so kind as to give it a little bit of attention and it's one of those situations where it just shows you how important gaming respite and community is when you can come up with a, a silly idea for an idea in a game and it leads to a wee player group and then you attract um, kind of members that are willing to, to take that 
to the new levels to the point where you could sit down with your gran and it wouldn't feel like pain or torture trying to explain what for the mug means um, because it creates a sense of proud pride to be associated with uh, the charity work that we've done and the amazing amounts of money we've done and the amazing acts and feats that these truckers continue to do our members are just fantastic and stuff like these videos just remind us that what you do in a game can have significant impact on the world around you and make the world a little bit better and let's face it that's all you got to do is day to day make the world a teeny weeny 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 bit better than it was had you not been part of it and um, whether that be steaming up your windows and your SRV or not that's up to you yes I mean as the first person who ever got mugged Dockers then. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, you were on the on that wonderful <laughs> no. airplane flight from uh, the uh, to 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 the station. Um, but it's amazing. It's, I mean, I I think I uh, I vaguely remember uh, that one of our commanders who recently passed away, um, one of our members had the the mug put in their coffin with them. And when you find that something daft. <laughs> and silly but it can take on you know I just said another four years of this and we'll have our own religion watch out Catholic Church here we come oh the holy order of the mug <laughs> well just face I'm thinking it like 500 years time I think 500 years time then someone will dig up this commander and see a mug a pristine mug, and it'll then become some kind of holy relic from the 21st century or something like that. Oh. <laughs> that really confused the scientists, did <sighs> So, yeah, I mean, it, it, you've, you've got to take your hats off to um, I mean, Simon Winnett, who came up with the original idea of, of the mugs, and we know that Simon... He, he, it's it's difficult for him from time to time, but surely it must be a a, a moment where you sort of think, oh, "I did that," because that's where it all started from. All we've got to do now is get wasn't the, it all for the micro? In... <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Was it, originally was it in Barn, uh, BS News? No, it was it was, it was in the Lave Radio Skype room where we'd just watched yeah. one of the latest videos of David Braben and uh, we'd sent down the mugs and stuff to Frontier. Mobius and I had uh, created the Thargoid and Verdalance mug and we sent That's down 50-odd mugs and they took a photograph of them and then, you know, we, Mr. Winner that particular day, I think, was amusing himself in the... The Skype chat with everyone suggesting that when the cameras went off David Braben because he's obviously such a lovely man right really kind and gentle the cameras go cut after he's given us our little backers chat and then he's like fucking Mr Brooks and throwing mugs at him fucking fix this look at the size of this fucking elite logo it goes up to my armpits if you remember that t-shirt one <laughs> and that's <laughs> So it's kind yes. of like sort of echoes of Sir Clive Sinclair and um, just that kind of concept <clears throat> that he was too nice, so there must be a weakness there. And so rather than, you know, leave it be, he decided to create this kind of mug fantasy. And yeah, then mugs and the... I think it was the Foley at LaveCon. We um, did the live Foley yeah, for the Mugs Yeah, we had the Mugs 
Yeah, and uh, that yeah. was the same year that they opened up the opportunity to do the community goals and get a rare created. And I think yeah. the mugs at that particular LaveCon became whenever a mug was in the raffle, the direction mugs. someone would shout mug back and it was just a matter of time before that then became for the mug. And yeah, yeah. so yes, it's from humble beginnings. There we go. For the mug. <laughs> for the mug. Well, moving on from there, um, there is one a community uh, question that we would like to ask you all um, just so that we've got more things to discuss in the, in the, uh, in the upcoming weeks. Um, we suspect that there will be one more bug-fixing patch before the fleet carriers arrive at the end of Q2. So bearing in mind they did put in a small change uh, in the last patch, in this case, rebuying the crew, is there something small that you think that you could add to the game which would make a big difference? I mean, I'd like to bagsy cutting and pacing the racetrack from the tutorial into various places just for people to, to race around. But um, if, you, if you'd like to uh, contact us at info at Live Radio or facebook.com slash Live Radio, you know, the usual uh, contact uh, details, we'd love to hear from you. So, um, We'll do our usual shout-outs as well. So uh, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, that broadcasts on a Thursday at half-past eight GMT. Uh, you can tune in at tv.forthemug.com uh, or just the audio at radioforthemug.com. For the discerning commander who likes to be a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord at discordme slash CQC. Um, for following this, we have the uh, excellent Galnet news as supplied by Commander Witherspoon. And uh, finally, we should mention at this moment that the Spider-Man Games Level Up project has now hit £123,880 with 2,877 backers. So... <laughs> <laughs> and in the 30 seconds since I posted that, it's breached 125,000 with 2,900 rebrands. It was literally 30 seconds ago I posted that, wasn't it, Colin? It was. So, 125,000 um, is an even awesome, more awesome number. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I think it just reminds me of the, the bit in Monsters, Inc. when Boo, Sully thinks that Boo is being crushed by all those um, garbage mashes, and every time he looks up, he faints again. I think that's how John and Oliver are feeling at the moment, every time they look at the total. <laughs> 125,198. <laughs> We could actually. It's the number of backers. It goes. It goes up like can you know, like a counter of how many cans of Diet Coke have been drunk worldwide. It is fair old fleeing, and congratulations to Spider Mind. You guys work ridiculously hard on your presentation of these skills on your marketing, and it's bloody nice to see it going right. And fucking hell. Let us just hope that Mr. Bell has never in his life designed any bits of plastic with metal coming out of them. I suspect they're not going to have, have much sleep tonight, both the excitement and also panic about this. 
Yeah. Oh my God, we've got to actually do three thousand of them, four thousand of them. God knows how many of them. Going to have to do my order after this. <laughs> so we'd just like to thank all those who have chipped in on the Twitch chat and to any in-game commanders who have hassled uh, our our crewmates as they've flown around the galaxy. I take it, Ben, you are alive and well. So I again, am alive got, and well. We've got to roll over the Void Opal's reward yet again. So uh, apart from that, uh, just quickly, any other business that anyone would like to quick, uh, quickly touch on, and then I'll, I'll say goodbye. Not for me. No. No. Right. Well, then that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at Lave Radio, hit us up at facebook.com slash Lave Radio, tweet us at Lave, at Lave Radio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash Lave Radio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to come out and chat, and it's shared with the Hunt and Orbital Truckers, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you've got any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight GMT and streamed out at liveradio.com. So thanks to Kurgle, thanks to Cal, thanks to Shan, thanks to Ben, and thanks to Commander Souverine. Uh, and until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Eighth of January, thirty-three oh six. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, minor changes create a profit void. Scribbling senator goes for a wander. Orion expedition encounters planetary turbulence. 
Minor changes create a profit void. Canny Starport traders have stepped in to stop commanders from making a killing selling void opals and painite at stations throughout the galaxy, but they may have slipped up on the ice. There is, of course, high demand for rare mined commodities, and traders bringing in ten, twenty, or even one hundred tons of void opals or painite. Are always welcome. However, some Pilots Federation members have been taking advantage of the high prices these commodities command and have been flooding the market and making a killing in the process. Unfortunately, this has meant that Starport commodity traders are being fleeced and are ending up penniless with vast stocks of void opals and painite that they can't shift without making a loss. So, the Amalgamated Union of Commodity Traders has taken action. Cargo monitoring devices have been installed on every docking pad. Whenever an abnormally large load of a mined commodity is detected, the commodity traders are sent an alert, so they can drop the offer price for the job lot of painite that the arriving commander is desperate to offload. However, this cunning cargo scanner scheme has a flaw. Low-temperature diamonds are so cold they don't produce a reading on the scanner, and the first that commodity traders know about a large haul of LTDs is when the crafty commander dumps his glittering hoard all over the market. That one flaw aside, it seems to be working well. If a commander arrives with 600 tons of void opals or painite, they can expect to earn a lot less than if they only bring in a few. The very best price you can get is if you bring in none at all. Scribbling senator goes for a wander down memory lane. Scribbling Senator Drew Wagar is planning to visit his old haunts one last time, and everyone is invited to tag along. The trip is planned for April to June, and will be on Thursdays at 8 p.m. So he'll have to do it quickly so that he doesn't overlap with Hutton Orbital News at 8:30. The senator is harking back to the olden days. And telling younger commanders of what he remembers from when he was a youth, he will be visiting Sol to relive the beginnings of the Federation, Tau Ceti, where indigenous life was wiped out by the first settlers, Achinar to talk about the founding of the Empire, Nefertem to talk about the generation ships, Lave the far colonies and the old worlds. He'll be discussing the Dark Wheel and Raxla, Thargoids and Inra, the Alliance. The Guardians, and of course, the subject of his own two books of history: the life and times of Kahina Tijani Loren, also known as Salome, one-time princess, deadly enemy of the Prismatic Princess, and nowadays very, very dead. Which makes the prospect of making his history into a trilogy seem rather remote. The scribbling senator will be recording his guided tour for future generations to watch and marvel at a time when history was actually happening, and wasn't something that stopped abruptly halfway through 
We can only hope that he remembers to wear underpants. Under his flapping white toga. Orion Expedition encounters planetary turbulence. Members of the 90-strong Orion Expedition are claiming that defective ship AI is to blame for the destruction of five of their ships on a single day. Leader of the expedition, Commander Yannick, not to be confused with the Yamiks, was on the planetary surface of Floasli AJ-NB12-4, planet C2, near the expedition's Waypoint 3, with a number of other expedition members gadding about in a canyon in their SRVs. When they eventually recalled their ships, they were treated to an unexpected firework display, as five of the ships repeatedly crashed themselves into the ground until they blew up. The expedition staunchly believes that the loss of their ships was a consequence of faulty software. They have refused to file an insurance claim and are instead suing the manufacturers of the ships concerned for a replacement ship to be supplied free of charge and flown out to the crash site. This legal dispute means that the affected commanders have been forced to remain on the planet, pending resolution of their dispute while the rest of the expedition departed for the next waypoint with a slightly smaller than anticipated mass jump. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.